Me too. I do too. What's going on, man? Yo. <laughs> Welcome. What a small circle, huh? It is. I'm glad it's not a huge circle. I get lost. <laughs> yeah, same. Welcome to No Thanks But Yes, uh, Freedom From Addiction podcast, chill conversations with splendid people who've once had a chaotic relationship with substances, now no longer do, and are engaged in some creative expression, some advocacy and activism, just doing pretty cool, stit, uh, cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new word. I like it. Stit. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, uh, Kyle, we always start off with introducing ourselves on this show, however you want to do it. Uh, who are you? Me. I am me. <laughs> I am still me. Um, honestly, because of the, the floor that we're on, I'll start off by saying I am a person of long-term recovery. And then I'll even turn it into, I used to identify as an alcoholic and a heroin addict and, and a, sorry for my words, but junkie. And I learned going through my process that language is everything. So I be, I went from all these different labels to a harm reductionist who puts the humanity back into my recovery. So um, I can be a lot of things, but one thing I'm not gonna do is be a label that limits my ability to serve and help. And like, you know, I, if, I, if I walk into a room of people and I'm like, yup, second degree murderer here, <laughs> no one's gonna help me <laughs> the way I deserve to be helped as a human being. So let's, I just, I am me. So I am Kyle Johnston, human yeah. being. <laughs> right on. Okay, Kyle. Um, so I I feel you. I uh my self-identification has changed much over the years. It has deepened, it is it has broadened. Um, just had a guest on Tom Hill in 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 the last episode. I was uh uh, we put out where he talked about the early uh, messaging in 12 step, the messaging that came out of the recovery movement and how we just have a need to continue to allow language to grow and change with the movement. The more we know and the more the general public knows. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's I was I, I remember being told by multiple people lovely people, but being told, stop asking why. Mm. And it got to a point where I'm like, if I don't ask why, I'm always going to be stuck in this position of, well, I'm taking in all this information, but I can't go with it anywhere. I I, I can't speak or advocate for myself. I, I, I got to a point where I was like, when do I get to not be an alcoholic when do i get to be a father again yeah. and that was like taboo they're like oh oh are you thinking right are you okay you sound sick and i'm like that doesn't sound that's sick <laughs> like what you're 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 an inquisitive fellow with with a um with a cunning mind and um and power and uh you you questioned why and uh, and naturally, we come out of a culture sometimes that uh, wants to promote humility and um, 
adherence and uh, disempowerment in a fashion that 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 we can say turns into power. But I feel you. I feel you. I'm, I'm glad that you found um, found a way to to ask those questions and to and to speak your your truth um, about uh, pathways of recovery. I appreciate what I've seen. That's kind of how we met. Is um your social media presence. Yeah. I was like, okay, this cat. And then we ran into each other. Is it okay to tell everybody? Where yes, please. Okay, cool. Yeah. Where did we meet officially face-to-face? So officially we met, and I want to say it was Harm Reduction Works Zoom room. Yeah. Um, I got to listen to you speak. Oh. I got to listen to you speak and you're going to, you're going to probably try to humble it down, but I was, Usually when I'm watching people speak in Zoom, I hear their voice, but I'm doing extra stuff, right? Like <laughs> maybe catching up on laundry or something. Who knows? Making a sandwich. But like I watched you the entire time. Oh. Every single word because it rang so true in my universe. And I just like, I'm like, wow, this is where inquisitive minds come <laughs> to share, right? Like. <laughs> This is great. Like I'm, you're I'm, a good, you're a good human being, man. Oh, well, I'm humbled, brother. I I deeply appreciate that, and uh, I'm gratified that there is mutual aid space, harm reduction works meetings. It's 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 my meeting now. I, I love it, and um, and we need variety in our mutual aid space so that we can hear similar stories, similar mindsets, similar questions. And, and I have, too have sensed that feeling of, of relief and identification, like, okay, that's what I was thinking. And that's what I've been saying. And it's good to hear right. someone else say it. Yeah. That's how I felt when I uh, rolled up on your, um, your Facebook group too. So that's cool. Thank you. Right on. So you, you identify as a person in recovery. We ask everyone, I say we, <laughs> ain't nobody but me. <laughs> we here at No Thanks But Yes. <laughs> we can't see the voices, but believe me, I hear them talking. <laughs> right on. So uh, I always ask everyone, what does recovery mean to you? And folks, you know, go about, you know, defining it for themselves. So what you got? I just had a full circle moment in my recovery. The other night was my first night in a new position at a recovery center um, where I'm in a position of management. And I'm right now I'm, I'm training, I'm learning, I'm listening. I'm not really implementing anything. And I remember five years ago when my journey started, I started at the detox center where I was medically uh, assisted through my detox. I got hired as a detox tech. I worked there for two years. I went to another place, worked as case management, found out about harm reduction, met an amazing person, which I know she doesn't mind because she's all over social media, Ashley Rosser, who does harm reduction. And she showed me what harm reduction was. And then I tried to find a space somewhere for myself. and I just couldn't find it. And when I made my way back into assisting people in early recovery, it like the spark lit the other night. And it was like, I'm sitting in this unit. There's 60 patients detoxing. Okay. Mm. 60. Ooh, that's a big, ooh. And I'm 
it's a lot. And you can imagine like the, the feelings and it's just a lot, a bunch of emotions, different things happening, personalities. And towards the end of the night, one of the guests were like, looked at uh, a Pez, which he's a patient engagement specialist. And they said, can we do karaoke tonight? And I'm like, karaoke, right? And they've been up and down, sick, complaining. Men are flexing on each other, wanting to fight. Oh, no, I, you know, and I'm like, what? And so they look, he looks at me as he's like, well, that's my supervisor. And I said, uh-uh. I said, I'm, I'm one of you guys. Whatever you guys do at night, go ahead. That and like that energy, that sickness, that longing for home disappeared because when they started karaoke, the hope lit up in the room. Okay. A guy started singing at the top of his lungs. I have never heard a voice that beautiful, right? A, a girl starts singing and rapping. Another guy starts rapping. Like these, these people that have dealt with substance abuse are so talented in so many ways. So it was like, for me, man, like to see hope, even if it's for 30 seconds, is what recovery is to me. You know, like recovery to me is not, like recovery is not one size fits all. Like I can't solve, I can't help solve their issues the same way I would help solve that person's issues, you know, like, and if we could get to a place where all pathways can, you know, come together like that, it'd be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So winded my back. No, 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 no. What I gleaned from that is uh recovery is not one size fits all, but for you at the center of it is hope. Yes. Right on. I yeah. interviewed a, a neuroscientist slash filmmaker the other day for this show, and we talked about how in incredibly complicated substance use disorder is in, in the biopsychosocial multifactorial etiology nature meets nurture meets social justice meets recovery capital and it's like how can how can recovery be simple right right they People want to draw this line, right? Some people want to draw this line because maybe it's easier for them to take a bite of it. Mm. But if you were to try to, if recovery, I can, okay, for me, I, I see like the Wiley Coyote, right? <laughs> and the Roadrunner, okay? And the Roadrunner's recovery. And that, that dude is going speeds of sound left and right while Wiley's trying every way to catch it. Okay. And there's like no telling which way it's going to go. Like recovery, I, it's just like the start of a better thought. Like me waking up and going, I'm going to do less than I did yesterday. Mm. In fact, I'm going to reach out and say hi to my mom. Oh, yeah. Some positive change. That's it. As you define it. Yep. That's it. A yeah. positive change, a, th a positive thought. I don't have to do this anymore, you know? Mm. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we, we, we met digitally, but we, then we got a chance to meet each other in person. Yeah. Up in Dixon, Illinois, thanks to the very first guest on second season, Gerald Lott. Uh, that was, that was a, that was a fun uh, recover con. It, that um, Gerald, 
these people, they plucked me out of a video, okay? <laughs> what? You can't tell me recovery is small and only one-sided when, when, when she, Miss Knight, seen, mm. she seen my video. Yeah. And said, let me show my partner. Mm. Stephanie. She's spending. She's so oh, she's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan. And then Gerald gets on this. He comes in like I come in the room and he's just there. He's just got this aura, you know, yeah. and, he, and this is the first time that I that a black man had spoken to me so kindly and he showered me with praise. And at the end of it, he said, I was in the middle of dinner. And if I don't get back to the table, I'm in a doghouse. And we got one. So I was like, wow. And then as he goes to leave out the Zoom room, he says, whatever we have to get do to get you down here for the conference, yeah. we'll do it. Right on. And then you're there. <laughs> nice blade, this jacket you got on. I yeah. met a hero in person, and oh. then I met multiple heroes inside the same room. Yeah, that was something. Um, it was it was an amazing second annual conference out of this small community, this startup community center in between two cornfields in Illinois. It really was two cornfields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, folks need to check that out. Maybe come back uh, next September 2023 for RecoverCon. I know I'm going to try to be there. Me too. For sure. Well, tell me about some of the stuff that, that you do. You talked about your work now. So you're working in a in a treatment setting now, yes. or recovery yes. support services, but you also engage in some education and advocacy and some digital yes. community. And I'm going to stop talking. Tell us what you're all about. So I have found a place for myself. Oh, to shout at the top of the mountain, right? A year ago, I looked at my 12-step community, you know, and, and I looked at them and said, we could be more loving. We can be kind. We don't have to, we don't have to shame. This isn't a race. There's no cool kid when the next step to cool kid is death, right? And as I attempted to create these in-person meetings where like outside information would come in, let's bring in a doctor, then a nurse, let's bring in a harm reductionist, let's talk to a mother who wants to say what happened. And I wasn't met with the best of energy. So I took it out on myself to start this movement. And I mean, like the night that I did it, my sponsor at the time said to me, I always wanted a son who would reach higher. So you can imagine I'm driving on the highway, I'm crying my eyes out. <laughs> I'm grieving because I'm like to, to go to another place in my life where the other place I just left really wasn't too happy with me. You know, I got the uh, hats off to your line. Oh, you sound sick. But you know what? After some time, people would reach out to me and go, Kyle, thank you. You're right. We could do better. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it because I was afraid to be targeted. And the thing that I do best today is that I meet recovery stigma 
shame and bullying. And I meet it at his front door and I knock on it. And I look it in the face and I say, this is not how you treat human beings. I uh, started this movement called Drop the Label um, because regardless which path you take, harms happen. People get, people get hurt. Not everyone in any position is always going to be the most supportive. And we deserve to be validated for our situations that happen. So like to look at a person that needs help and go, well, you're just an addict and you just have to be grateful. Gratitude does not inquire recovery time. Like, oh, I just gonna put a couple of days. I'd rather you, I'd rather you tell the truth, something happened and say this person never has a day what they would technically call sober, right? But the love in their heart grows forever. That person with 33 years is a mean, cruel son of a gun. But yes. this person right here that advocates for reform is the most loving natured human being you'd ever meet. Mm. Mm. So people that use drugs are good people. People that are on MAT are good people. People in AA spaces are good people. But just because we're good people doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. And to negatively, it, to be the silent person, right? Like to be the bystander that watches a bunch of people be mistreated. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Not that guy. It, it just never, it never sat right because I believe that at the end of every isolated incident where a person has overdosed and died, there has been stigma, shame, and bullying somewhere in that lineup. And imagine if our recovery spaces stood up against all those things, how much support, right? How many more chances and choices of direction our family members get to have when they know that somebody will stand with them instead of, I'll call me when you're ready. Mm. Man, call me when you're ready. I got so much out of what you just said. And you know, when I when when I have these conversations, I listen for the title of the episode. <laughs> it's kind of like a fun little Easter egg hunt. And I got a couple potentials there. First thing you said was, "We can be more loving," mm. and I was like, "Oh snap, that's it." But then you said, "We can do better," and I was like, "Now nah, that might be it too. I don't know." But now um, I'm I'm unpacking this. Uh, context that you describe around overdose, which often in the harm reduction space or the drug policy space, we'll describe it as a policy failure. Yes. But, um, in, in the way you're talking about it, it's, it's also, it's, it's a community failure too. Yes. Yeah. 100% community failure because I mean, if everyone has eyes on, right. How do you lose sight of the person that needs help the most? Yeah. I'm not going to drive you away because you're using. I don't care if you're using. This is life. You get to choose what you want to do. Be safe about it. I, I tell them they you. I say, I say I'm not going to shame you. I have safety supplies. I yeah. know places. Never use alone. Like, <laughs> if it's this individual person's life, how do I get to dictate what their recovery looks like, sounds like? How do I get to dictate that? Yeah. That's like looking at a room full of people go, hold your breath, and whoever makes it out, you got sobriety. Mm. Oh, damn. 
Yeah, it's like uh, Squid Games. It is. Uh, and, and, ooh, now when you said Squid Games, I'm like, wow, it really is. <laughs> oh, my like God. <laughs> it really is. like because It got dark. <laughs> it did, it did, but, but this is the part, right? People are uncomfortable about talking about the negative things in recovery because they're they're in the beginning of recovery, you're driven to always overlook the shadow. You know, you're like Mufasa and Simba. Everything the light touches is yours, but that shadowy place, don't talk about it, don't speak about it, don't go there. Why? Why? People need help there too. They sure do. You know, I was um I was feeling and uh to to the point of tears after sharing some of your your insights because you know, we are strikingly similar in our approaches to helping people find freedom and wellness, but that was not always so for me. I was complicit in not being loving, in not doing better, in, <laughs> you know, be organizing the squid games for the people I serve until, you know, and for family members too. And, and, and it just... There came a time where I, I'm just so grateful that folks met me where I was and um, I was able to deepen my understanding and now practice and advocate like you do. Yeah, I, that's why this started because I too was complicit. I too was a silent bystander that would see someone break and fall apart because they were told you're you, you're messing up and you're this and you're that and you know what get out of here and yeah. we'll see you when you're ready and it's like well wait a whoa so we're just sending them out into the streets yeah that's what we did yeah yeah but you know what we're we're, we're shining a light on it it's not normalized anymore it's not best practice and, right. and we got to keep hollering about that have to i i scream it i i come up with funny little ways to do it <laughs> yeah so folks are ashamed when they do it you know they it's it, it is in the shadow the shadow realm of of prevention treatment and recovery support services you know well that got stupid but anyway <laughs> that's what you do that's what you're passionate about what you stand for and everything um another thing that we try to dismantle on this show is is this you know well is that recovery is is a trudge through a veil of tears you know it it is can be and eventually becomes a quite joyful experience if it if we allow it to what do you do for fun <laughs> i love video games i'm an avid avid video game player I love animation, like, I mean, like, Japanese, Korean film. I am a cat dad of three, <laughs> and I have children. I don't get to see my son as of now, but I get my daughter every chance that I can. Um, but, like, those are, like, hobbies, right? Like, things that I do. Being a dad, I'm, I'm lucky to do that. But, like, fun for me, there's nothing more fun than getting a collection of people together and going outside to play softball. Oh. I love playing softball. Oh, man. That's, I, I'm not a bad bat, but you're, I, I'm a big guy, but my glove, you're not getting past me. Like, mm -hmm. 
Oh, I snap. Anybody. I challenge anybody. Shortstop, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I used to love playing softball too when I was in the Navy and, and I was experiencing a period of recovery at the time too. So it was a recovery softball squad. We called ourselves the Akron A's. <laughs> nice. I uh, I got to play for the recovery center at, at, uh, that I was working at and that I got, you know, where I recovered at. And I did that. I did that for four years. Every every year when that season started, I'm I don't care where I was at, I was there, you know. And I got to be at the front door when all these new these newcomers came in. And you said you were in the Navy. Yeah. Thank you. I I, I served in the Marines. Oh, see, right there, I didn't see. There it is. There's yeah. a lot in common. Yeah, we do. We do indeed. Semper Fi, brother. Right. <laughs> yeah you know they kept trying to they kept making me catcher i don't know that really it was a horrifying position to play the ump kept saying coach you better tell your catcher to stop putting his head in front of the bat mm -hmm. <laughs> i was like <laughs> you gotta that position people get upset when they sit there but you know how important catcher is it is it is i just and dangerous I just love to hit the ball, man. That's all I wanted to do. Hit as hard as I could. It felt good. Cool. Well, we talked about what you did for fun. Right on. So um, always a, an opportunity for, for a succinct message to, to leave for folks. Do you have a message for listeners? I would like for anyone listening, we can help. We can help people, right? And And I think a big thing about this part though is that staying silent out of fear of lack of support being pushed away, maybe my license or the letters behind my name are in threatened because I speak out is like a really big barrier to why people are still being treated as less than. So my biggest thing is like, at the end of the day, it's not just who did I help, but when did I speak? There's a lot of things that I can't go back in time and say, but in today, I wish that I did say it. When I was a child, things happened to me by strangers that I wish that I said something. When I was being bullied, I wished I had a protector. When life got hard, I wished that my mother was there, right? So today, I will not second think me advocating for a person's humanity to be treated with respect. If you have a chance to speak up, do it. That's it. That's it. It's 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 a. Uh, and you mentioned sometimes you know our employment or our our licensure or credentialing or whatever or all that nonsense. That you you've you've just made a call to action for civil disobedience to be true to our soul and our fellow humans first. And always, please. Oh, please, <laughs> please, thank <laughs> please. You. That's all because right. When these people see you put them first, and not your pocketbook or your the letter behind your name, they will look at you in a way that they haven't looked at you before, and that is when hope shows up. That's when hope shows up. Hell yes. I remember early recovery. They're like, "Oh, keep you know, hope is there," and I'm like, "Where? I, you just 
They're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, it'll show up and like you, you'll feel it. And I'm like, not if everyone allows this bull crap to happen to me and those around me. Like, what do you mean? Where's the hope at? Like, they're like, you are the hope. I'm like, I want to drink. What like, does that even mean? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> today I get it because when you open your mouth in protection of another, Wow. Imagine how many years this person has been around people that allowed the worst to happen. There's a child inside that grown man and woman that's been like waiting for the hug they never got. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. want boxing gloves now. He just oh, come on. <laughs> want to hug some people and hit some people <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, we're going to call it. This is it awesome. any better than this. You have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>